Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Seeing Better podcast. And thank you all for such an amazing reception so far on the podcast. I am overjoyed with excitement with how much positive energy and vibrations I've been able to receive over the past week after sharing the message of the Seeing Better podcast on my social media and with my friends and family. I appreciate your love and intention, and it does not go unnoticed by me. So thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for spreading the word. Today's podcast episode will be about one of my very favorite rules of life. And I don't really like rules. If you know me, I'm not really a rule follower, but in this case, this is a tool that I see as the only productivity tool you will ever need. And that's why I've decided to do a full podcast episode on it, breaking it down what is the 80-20 rule, why is it important, and why is it something that you should integrate into your weekly routine. So let's get into it. The 80-20 rule is something that I discovered a few years back, but didn't quite adopt until about a year ago when I first discovered Dr. Benjamin Hardy's work on the 80-20 rule and, in his words, 10xing your life. He has phenomenal content and definitely as part of my 20% in my content consumption journey, consumption journey. And if you're interested in learning more about it and in full length, I would recommend you go over to his YouTube channel and podcast to learn more about how 10xing is actually easier than 2xing your life. Now, what does that mean? That sounds like a really bold claim, but what it really means is that if you're focusing on your 20%, so the 20% of the inputs that ultimately get you the 80% of the outputs, you're able to maximize your potential in any area of your life. And it's actually easier to 10x your life than to 2x because if you're only 2xing, that means that you're keeping the 80% that no longer serves you and is not maximizing your potential. So that could mean managing your own social media, outreaching to clients personally. It could mean consuming content of all types and all kinds from many, many different people. And I'll give you specific examples of how I've integrated in my own life and some ideas of how you can do the same. But actually, the 80-20 analysis is the, the comb that you can use in terms of maximizing your potential and also reducing the amount of overwhelm that you have in any part of your life. So here's how to break it down. Personally, I have found that the 80-20 rule have tra- has transformed my life in many different areas and spheres in the circle of life, and I'll go into that on another episode. But some personal examples that I have are from fitness, content conception, shows, spirituality, food, confidence, finances, really any category that you can think of, the 80-20 rule can be applied. And before I get into it, I wanted to share a piece of wisdom that I was able to learn from Gabby Bernstein, who is another spiritual teacher. I highly recommend you reach out to her and explore her content. She is really the manifestation guru that many, many people look to. But with anything that she does in terms of business or promotion or sharing her message, she has this small prayer that is leading with service, love, and faith. And that is what I want to do whenever I'm creating any kind of content or any kind of work related to seeing better. And that is serving the audience, serving you in service, love, and faith. So that was just a small aside I wanted to share before I get into it. 
let's go into the 80-20 rule when it comes to fitness. So on a previous episode, I introduced my new routine in strength training, and I learned more about strength training and how it can actually optimize many different parts of your life beyond just the actual time under attention in the gym. So my 20% when it comes to fitness is strength training five times a week. Now, let me unpack this for a little bit. I used to be a absolute fitness class fanatic and would go nearly every day, sometimes twice a day. That ultimately, after learning more about science, fitness, physiology, is actually reaching the law of diminishing returns. And what I mean by that is I was overexerting myself and overexercising to a point where I wasn't even achieving the results that I was looking for, which was to build muscle. So I essentially cut my time that I was working out in half. So instead of going to an hour-long yoga sculpt class nearly every day or yoga class or whatever, spin class, um, that costs money, by the way, I just paired it back to five times a week, 30 minutes a day of strength training, and there you have it. I was able to cut it in half and ultimately find what was the 20%. Um, this In this equation, it's slightly different, but go with me here. The 20 set, 20% is a set, essentially, if you had a list and I have the 80-20 principle freebie in this, um, in this podcast episode notes, um, so you can check that out. But essentially, the 20% is if you have a list of 10 things that you're doing, the two things on that list that ultimately give you the maximum impact and the maximum results that you're looking for. So the 80% in this equation in fitness was going to a class an hour a day, oftentimes somewhere where I'd have to drive and park and deal with all the stress of that, figure out how I was going to fit it into my schedule, pay for it, which usually a fitness class these days runs at least $30 a class, if not more, pack a bag and figure out how I was going to get to work and get all my stuff um, straight after going to the class. So needless to say, there was a ton of overwhelm and a ton of extra steps that could have been eliminated had I just gone to the 20%. So in fitness, the strength training was ultimately my 20% that has given me 80% of the results because strength training, and I'm not a doctor, but strength training obviously builds muscle. It improves insulin resistance. It can obviously give you endorphins and ultimately give you load that will build strength and, um, and improve bone density over time, which is what we want for health span and not just lifespan. Second to that was content consumption. So content consumption is a topic that I want to broach on this podcast in depth, and this will be the first of many iterations of it. But content consumption is looking at any part of your content journey throughout any part of your life. So let's take fitness, for instance. I was following a lot of fitness influencers, a lot of people who were giving me misinformation and conflicting information, and I ultimately paired it back to just the people that I trusted and that I knew had some expertise in the area. That's no slight to other influencers who are in the fitness or health space, but what I was looking for was really maximum impact. So what that looked like for me, if we're using fitness as an example, was instead of following 10, 20 different micro-influencers that had their own platforms, I decided to just land on one platform and follow that 
in order to see results over time. And that was the Evlo platform. And so I follow Shannon and the rest of her team on the different platforms, but I'm not looking at X, Y, or Z other platforms and dabbling between the two. That has streamlined my fitness journey. It allows me to know exactly what I'm going to do and not have the overwhelm of, is this a better program or is that a better program? She's provided so much great content and factual evidence from science that has allowed me to understand the method and understand why it may be even more advantageous for me than other people, especially since I have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And oftentimes strength training is a great tool for that. Um, And again, PCOS is something that is something I'm only learning about. So I'm going to go into that on another time. But the 20% in my content consumption has reduced dramatically, and ultimately I'm getting a better outcome out of it as well. I'm not seeing all the different people's opinions and their their new programs and things to buy, and not that that's bad at all, but that's just not what I'm looking for. I'm really looking for results in this area, and therefore I only have a short list of trusted advisors. So Evlo and Dr. Shannon is one of them for my fitness journey Um, Another would be Dr. Huberman in the Huberman Lab podcast, which if you haven't checked that out, that is, I mean, you must be living under a rock, but that is absolutely one of the best podcasts out there. He gives so much evidence-based science that it's really hard to ignore. So between the two, those are really my trusted advisors in the fitness space. And therefore I cut out the 80% of the other people that are just noise for me. Next is spirituality. Spirituality is very interesting because it basically can be contributed to just about everything. Your fitness, your content, your business, your food, your finances, all the things. And there were many people that I were following that I was following in this area, including business leaders and professionals, but ultimately I wanted to pare it back down to just the just the pieces that were ultimately going to get me to where I wanted to be. And therefore, I stuck with the To Be Magnetic podcast membership, deep imaginings, as they call their manifestation techniques, and just follow that protocol in order to manifest what I wanted from the past couple of months. And I can definitely say that there's been huge potential and huge outcome because of that. What my daily practice is, is doing a deep imagining, or they abbreviate it to DI, and I go into my uh, walk-in closet. I have a walk-in closet, but I do have a studio, so it's ultimately very small. And I put on an eye mask and my weighted blanket, and I go very deep into the inner child work that is part of the DIs. But I'm not looking at other people's content and other people's manifestation routines or their meditation practice and deciding what I should be doing throughout the day. I know I go into their app, I set aside 20 minutes in order to do the DI, and that means cutting out other things like watching TV or scrolling on my phone or eating a snack. And so it's brought it down really to the nuts and bolts of it. So then I can focus on what I want to focus on in spirituality, which is doing my meditation practice as part of To Be Magnetic. Let's go on to food. So food is pretty simple. There are macronutrients and there are micronutrients. Macronutrients include protein, fat, fiber, carbs. And by prioritizing protein, which has been part of my PCOS protocol and um, also has been advised by the, the key advisors or the key stakeholders that I currently follow, 
has given me the 80% of the results that I'm looking for. So prioritizing protein is huge. Again, not a doctor, not a dietitian, none of the above, but I do have a set of diet dietitians that I follow that have given me this advice and also my own doctors as well. But by prioritizing protein, I'm able to build the muscle that I'm building as part of my strength training routine and be satiated between meals. I used to feel so hungry and so <laughs> so uh, prone to cravings throughout the day that I would just have a crash. Like I would just need something like chips or, or a cookie or candy in the office. And I really didn't want to feel like that anymore. I also knew that that was adding up to other lifestyle components that I wasn't interested in anymore. So I decided to up my protein, which has been around 100 to, let's say, 130 grams of protein per day, per day, which I was absolutely not getting before. And that has maximized my potential in so many ways. I'm seeing some muscle being built in the gym that I've never had before. I feel more full, satiated, and energized throughout the day. And I know what I'm prioritizing, and I know what I'm going to put on my plate, which is primarily protein and also fiber and greens and vegetables, which has made it so easy for me to make that decision. There's so many times where we're out to dinner or you're at a work event or you're deciding what to eat for lunch. And if you have a routine and a guideline of what to put on your plate, it makes it so much easier to make the decision and ultimately see the results that you're looking for. So protein prioritization has been my 20% in the food category. Confidence. So confidence is an easy one for me. I would say the DIs and the deep imaginings have been integral to building confidence, but I would also say that the key 20% to the confidence that I've built over the past couple of months has been Toastmasters. I did a full episode on Toastmasters, but Toastmasters is a public speaking group that is around the world. So wherever you are listening, there is a Toastmasters group and they also have them online as well. But for me, joining Toastmasters, I've seen so much confidence come out of it that I'm actually shocked by. I have been thinking about doing a podcast for about 10 years, ever since I started listening to them and always had that voice in the back of my head, like, you know, what are you doing? You're not an expert. How are you going to start this? And to be quite honest, before I even started this podcast today, I was pretty nervous. I was starting to see that there's more people and more eyes, but ultimately I want to share what my experiences are and lead with that service, love, and faith like I spoke about earlier. And Toastmasters was really the catalyst to me starting the podcast and sharing this work with you all. And I am so happy that I joined a few months ago. I literally had to lift my own legs to get into the room. And I was not very open-minded at the time, but the more I stuck with it and the more I put myself out there, the better I've seen my results in so many areas. Of course, confidence is an easy one. Public speaking is another, but it's transcended throughout other parts of my life as well that I feel so amazing for doing and was one of those faith over fear moments that has given me so much power and so much um, inner knowledge coming from it. I can't recommend it enough, but in terms of confidence, Toastmasters was my 20%. Finances. Finances is an easy one because it's very clear with numbers to define what your 20% actually looks like. And your 80% could 
could be hard to let go of. However, the 20%, if you're able to maximize and focus your attention, can get you the biggest bang for your buck. And in finances, I think it's the most clear cut and the the easiest to follow if you're new to the 80-20 principle. So in finances, I follow the I will teach you to be rich protocol by Ramit Sethi. If you have not read that book, that is absolutely one of the best books I've ever read on finances. And there's a lot of bad ones out there. And there's a lot of bad finance advice being said all over the internet. And if you want a guy to just go to and break it down, I would go to Ramit. He is so clear and so concise in his delivery that it's very easy to follow, even for people who are nervous or skeptical when it comes to automating their finances or taking a deeper look. So in finances, I have automated my 401k and maximized the amount that I have um, awarded to me by my full-time job. I also have another automation every paycheck to go straight to my Roth IRA. So I'm also working to max that out every year. And Ramit is much better at explaining it than I am. But as I'm sure you know, these are your investments that will grow over time and compound to give you the, the biggest reward that you possibly could get from an investment. And that's an entirely different episode. But first is for, first things first is you need to pay yourself. And doing that, if you have a full-time job that matches your 401k, absolutely max that out. That is free money that you have on the table. And you won't even see as part of your paycheck. So it'll already be going straight to there. Of course, you have to log into your account and decide where you want to invest it and at what risk tolerance. But highly recommend if you have not done that yet, or if you are afraid of looking into things like 401ks, please, please do this first. You will thank me later. The Roth IRA is a bit of a cherry on top. That's an extra step that I'm going towards in order to maximize my investment portfolio for the time being. So my Roth does have a maximum contribution for the year, but I've decided to put the other um, 4%, I'm maxing out my 401k at 6% Roth IRA with the extra 4% to account for 10% of my total earnings has already been taken out of my paycheck and goes straight to my accounts for my 401k and my Roth IRA. So that's 10% right there. The other 10% goes towards my key financial goals. And that depends on the season and my priorities at the time and the amount of debt that I have and what I need to pay off. So my key financial goals right now are to up my emergency fund um, for obvious reasons. That's going to be key for anybody that's looking to build their financial goals. Number one, building up your emergency fund. Um, We are in uncertain times and there's no better day to start than today if you haven't already done this. So I have a financial goal there that I would like to hit. And I also have a slush fund for upcoming travel and longer term goals as well. So that maxes out to 20%. So 20% of my total earnings with 10% going to investments straight away and another 10 for what could be called uh, I forget the word. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> sinking funds. That's the word. Sinking funds for other goals. Um, that's 20% right there that are going to give me the maximum amount of output that I want from my money. 
podcasting. Okay, let's get into the meat and potatoes. So podcasting is a great example of where my 20% has gone. And I'm going to walk you through the freebie that is part of signing up for my email list to go through what the 80-20 list looks like in this format. So without further ado, let me head over to the freebie and walk through how to use it. So if you sign up for the email newsletter, which is in this this podcast detailing, you'll see that there is a link to sign up with your name and your email address, and it'll immediately send you the 80-20 analysis. So the 80-20 analysis worksheet walks you through an example of how I was able to use it to create the podcast and a blank document as well that you can use for your own topics. So let's go through the example together. The example that is part of the 80-20 PDF is starting a podcast. So that would be in the top section where it says topic, issue, or situation. Example, starting a podcast. So I use this because I think it was very easy to translate how I was able to define what my 20% was in this case. So there is a box on the left where you can start and this says, what is the 80% that is producing 20% of the results? So I decided to list all of the components of starting a podcast in 10, um, in 10 items or less and actually asked ChatGPT for the answers as well just to, to make it even easier on myself. So number one was deciding on a name. Number two, finding a niche audience. Three, building a website. Four, creating an email newsletter. Five, defining the structure and cadence. Six, researching and buying equipment. Seven, designing compelling cover art. And eight, promoting the podcast on all platforms. I then had two more that ultimately created the 20%, and that was scheduling time in my calendar to sit down and record, and recording for the first episode, even if it was imperfect. So I looked at this list of 10 different items and identified that the last two that I just spoke to were the 20%. So there is a box that's below that that says, what is the 20% that is building 80% of the results? So I identified that in this case as number one, scheduling time in my calendar to sit down and record. If I wasn't able to record or find the time, then I would not have a podcast. Number two, record the first episode and publish it. So those were the two items that if I was able to achieve them would get me 80% of the results. And on the right-hand side, I walk you through a way to identify what the 80% is and what the 20% is, because this might be a little bit difficult if you're new to starting out with it. So the 80%, I referenced the left-hand side. So first and foremost, deciding on a name. I put some guidelines here to, to explain how you can either delegate it, delay it, or delete it if it is not important for the time being. And this can be for anything, can be for fitness, can be for your family life, can be for your work tasks, whatever the case may be. But let's just follow through with this example and identify what the 80% is and how we were going to delegate it, delay it, or delete it. So deciding on a name. Number one, I put ask chat GPT for 10 names for podcasts on enter topic here. That way you get examples straight out the gate and you don't even have to think about it. Number two, find a niche audience. This is one of those things that a lot of people talk about whenever you're starting a business or content, but 
I would go straight to the source in this case and ask three friends for a topic that only you could deliver. So that would be my advice for expediting this. Number three, build a website. I put delay because this can come later. You don't need a website to start a podcast, although that's great if you can, but that's not necessary. Create an email newsletter. Again, not necessary. Record at least three episodes and then think about building a newsletter later. That's what I did with this podcast. I'm on episode four and I just built a newsletter. So while that would be amazing to have out the gate, but ultimately the 20% was recording. So I had to prioritize that. Five, define the structure and cadence. And I put two words, test and learn. You're not really going to know until you just go into it. And ultimately I need to launch and iterate. So this is what I'm, this is the phase that I'm in right now. I'm launching, iterating, who knows what the format of this podcast will be in the future, but it's more important for me to get it off the ground than to delay it any further. Number six, research and buy equipment. This was something that definitely held me back from starting a podcast, but I can tell you that I am recording this on my phone and uploading it to Spotify for podcasters, the app, and that's basically it. So no equipment is required to actually start your first podcast. It doesn't have to be all fancy. I mean, of course you could do that if you have the time and space, but most people don't. And ultimately the fear is building up to creating all these excuses. That is just that an excuse. So I put, I'll tell you a secret. You don't need any to start. You don't need any equipment. Um, as long as you have a phone, of course, you can buy later after you monetize. And once you get a good audience going, then you can build out your strategy and make it a little bit more official. Number seven, designing compelling cover art. I imagine this is another block for a lot of people as well. Luckily for me, I had a recent headshot that I really liked and wanted to use immediately for the cover art. So that was pretty simple for me. But let's not forget that this can be quickly built in Canva, just like I did. It was, I think it took about 10 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. And it can be updated later. Um, You can always update it with a refreshed asset. So don't let that stop you from having something good. And even if you don't have a headshot, you can just put the name of the title on the, the cover art and then there you go. Eight, promote podcasts on all the platforms. This is this is excellent if you're you're willing to do it, but that's not something you need to start the podcast. You need to have the recordings available to or in order to promote it. So if you have no content, you have nothing to promote. So those were the 80% of the tasks that I decided to delegate, delay, or delete. And the, from the 20%, which was scheduling time to sit down and record and record your first episode, I decided... Um, that to schedule time, I would have to skip the episodes of whatever TV show you're watching and sit down to record the podcast. That's very simple. It's very, very tactical. And then number two was a little bit more esoteric. So record your first episode. Yes, that might be seem super tactical, but at the same time, I think a lot of it is fear that is holding people back from actually doing it. So I put feel the feelings and do it anyway. I was super nervous recording my first podcast and by no means was it perfect. I've been stumbling over my words, but I'm here and I'm doing it. And ultimately in the bottom section, I have aligned action steps for the 20%. So this is a checklist of, okay, what are you going to do now that you have identified what the 20% is and what are you going to do with that? Number one, what I put here as the example is build your weekly recording into your schedule Therefore, you have no excuse and guard it with your life. So make it known to everyone around you that this is time that you have dedicated to record your podcast and nothing else will come before it. 
that is your 20%. And if you can prioritize and protect your 20%, then you can get the 80% of the outcome that you're looking for. Two was download the podcast for Spotify app and hit record. Very, very simple. But again, that's one, one of those steps that's oftentimes overlooked because of fear. And then number three, if you really can't get yourself to do it, tell someone, tell a friend or family member that you trust for accountability and say, hey, I'm going to start a podcast. Like my friend Sean here at, um, at the building that I live at, I, uh, he said, I'm going to start a podcast. So I'm going to remind him. I said, Sean, you told me that you're going to start a podcast. How is that going? And that's it. You got it. That's the 80-20 analysis in plain terms, or maybe not so plain terms. <laughs> once you do it once, you'll see the value of it over time. And I'm going to continue to to speak on the 80-20 analysis because it's really the only tool that you will ever need. It's very simplistic and also incorporates some of the ideologies of essentialism, the one thing, all of the great, great books that I referenced in previous episode as well. It all comes down to prioritization and prioritization is somewhat of an ephemeral theme. And that is that we want to prioritize everything. But the truth of the matter is, is that you cannot prioritize everything. You only have a finite amount of time and you have to dedicate the 20% to it in order to get it off the ground. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Appreciate you sticking through it. And I hope that you enjoyed the 80-20 analysis. If you have any questions, please email me at seeingbetterpod at gmail.com and I can answer them them there and then speak on another podcast episode. But I hope that this provided value. If there's anything else that you want me to speak to, again, email me there and I can elaborate on it more. I'm, lo- I'm learning and I am growing through the whole process as well. Thank you so much. See you on the next one.